G'day guys and girls and welcome to this week's edition of the Extended Bench Podcast. My name's Christian and as always on the other side of the desk is my mate Matt. Mate, we've got a big round of footy to digest today. <laughs> yeah, that, that was um, that was some round. Um, <sighs> I mean, injuries, ra- fixture changes, bloody... Uh, I mean, ridiculous. Um, and some, uh, most importantly, some good scores. I don't even know what to say. I'm lost for words, to be honest. Like, uh, just looking down at my AFL Fantasy team, I noticed that my second highest almost averaging player is Matty Rowell, who <laughs> just won today, looking at the coaches' votes, his third 10 votes in a row. I wouldn't say he was necessarily best on ground in that game. He was really good, but... I tell you what, he's amazing. I'd give him the 10 votes. Uh, to be fair, I'd give him the 10 votes even if he was 5th, 6th, 7th best on ground. He was in the top few, but <laughs> yeah, no, he is some player. Um, so look, we've got a lot to go over, so we'll get straight into yep, it. let's do it. The first thing I want to go over with you quickly before we jump into the round action oh, yep. is the fixture changes. So yes. obviously we've had some issues with Richmond not being able to go up to Queensland. West Coast mm-hmm. is going to be playing Oh no, Sydney. they can go up to Queensland, fine. They just can't <laughs> They just can't do anything. For two weeks <laughs> while they're in quarantine. Exactly. Uh, which is pretty fair enough given the issues that are going on in Victoria at Absolutely. the moment. But yep. what kind of... Do you see any changes happening to some of the picks that you might have been looking at from a fantasy point of view because of those last-minute changes? Realistically, um. Like, I haven't a... I haven't put that much thought into it. There's a couple that potentially no, I don't yeah, yeah, maybe. It's maybe. A, like, I, too early a, to tell. But as an example, I might have been looking at bringing Dusty Martin back into my side this week because I knew that he was taking on West Coast. Yeah. And I'm honestly back in any team that is going against West Coast in a minute, they are a just pile of dog shit. Well, there's a couple of other players taking West Coast on now that I think we'll um, may touch on later on. Yes, absolutely. So there, there's a lot of changes in, in the structure of the trades that you should be doing because if you might have been looking at someone like a Dusty Martin this week, hmm. be a bit more careful... Uh, and definitely maybe look at some Sydney players or some guys going up against, you know, Adelaide, or that sort of, those sort of... Yeah, uh, absolutely. For me, the other thing that I thought about too was there's a couple of real left, somewhat left field, um, <laughs> somewhat left field Saints players that you may look at um, to loophole this Friday night if you want a real point of difference. Again, spoilers, we'll get to that a bit later on. <laughs> well... Well, I just wanted to jump into that because there has been so many changes and obviously another thing that's affecting the trades, and we'll go through this in the game rundowns, mm-hmm. but there were just so many injuries in this round and yeah. particularly two or three to, to big fantasy names. So players will be, for coaches will be forced <laughs> to trade players out this week and it's lucky that this happens to be the last week that we have three trades. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, it's going to be very handy for people because some of there's a few guys who are going to be very highly owned that you're going to need to be moving on um, and there were how many hamstrings went this weekend as well there was at least four or five from memory yeah. so the the Howe and the Naismith ones are really unfortunate injuries but they're, they're collision well, knees one was a collision one yeah. was I didn't actually see the Naismith one but that the hamstrings are ones that worry me because with the interrupted and really weird pre-season and stop-start nature of the season, I do worry a little bit about players' um, preparation and how ready their bodies are to handle coming back and playing such a taxing game after so long off. So um, I, I do remember reading in the, the the break period that the I think it was the NFL had a shutdown or the NBA had a shutdown in America mm-hmm. um, while they were negotiating a few... 
a couple of years ago. Yep. And when players came back, there was heaps of soft tissue injuries just because of that interruption. So um, not a lot of precedent for this year, obviously, but I am a little worried about soft tissue injuries yeah, this year. Yeah, I would be too. So let, we, we, you've already touched on uh, Naismith. So we'll yep. jump straight into one of the games of the weekend, the very first one, which was <clears throat> the Bullies taking on Sydney. Um, Bullies got there comfortably in the end. It was a really... Honestly, it was theirs for the entire night. Mm. Um, and let's just touch on Sam Naismith because he is one that a lot of people had on their bench waiting for him to come back. <laughs> yes. This is just horrible luck for the bloke. I mean, he's had a wretched run of luck. This year in particular with family issues as well as uh, injury, but just over his whole career with ACLs. Can't catch a break. Yeah. Um, really, really feel for him. Just when he, and he was, he looked good as well, mm-hmm. both games. So um, if he's on your bench... Definitely, you can move him on, make a bit of cash there. But I personally, I'm probably going to hold him this week yeah. because I've got other things that I want to do instead, and he's not going to lose me any cash this week. I agree. I, I and I've got the luxury I can play Pitney on the field. Yeah, true. I, I've got so I've got Pitney and Grundy. That's my ruck lineup at the moment yeah. with uh, Nay Smith on the bench. I think I am going to get rid of if if uh, Tristan Sherry from the yeah. uh, the Kangas is playing again next week. Yeah, I think I'm going to bring him in. He's only 182 k. You're making just under two hundred thousand dollars there, which you can yep. use for other trades. Hundred percent. I think he's the obvious replacement yeah. um, if he's on your bench. If he's playing on the field and you don't already own Pitney, mm-hmm. um, he's probably the obvious guy to go to. Exactly. And if you are, uh, if you don't own, um, uh, I've lost his name for a second, Darcy Cameron. Um, mm. If you don't own Darcy Cameron, uh, you can wait. Uh, so like you're going to do and leave mm-hmm. Naismith on your bench for a while, maybe until Darcy Cameron gets his second game of the year and then look to bring him in as a possible option. He's only 192k. So it's... Uh, you know he didn't play on the weekend. Yeah, he didn't play on the weekend. <clears throat> Cox came back in. But you would think that... Look, Mason Cox, even though the Pies do he, definitely he, need that top... He didn't look good. No, he, they need that large forward up there just to bring the ball to ground. But realistically, he, again, that that's what he is. He's a tent pole which the ball has to sort of bounce off of to get to the small forwards. He's not a amazing AFL player. Um, as much as I love listening to Pat McAfee talk him up on, <laughs> on, on all those Twitter videos. Um, Agreed. So there's a chance Darcy Cameron will get another go. So if you can bring him in at some stage for Naismith to make a bit of cash, maybe you can leave him there for a little while while you make your other trades. Uh, but he definitely has to go at some stage. He's missing the entire season. Yeah, um, agreed. So let's just go th- through the rest of Sydney quickly while we're on Naismith. Um, obviously, some of the guys for draft leagues, like J- JPK was fantastic. Tom Papley look, looked awesome. Oh, he was amazing. But the thing is, he needed goals to do that. <clears throat> yeah. And he's not going to get the, that sort of number every single week. So, look, I've heard some people throwing his name around as a potential low-buy for salary cap, and it's just a no. That sort of small forward role, no. Yeah, he's... I love him in draft. Absolutely yeah. love him. Papa Papley. But keeper leagues especially. He's And he's a young player. Yeah. Might be moving to Carlton next year or, or might be moving teams at some stage in his career. Um, and that could be an interesting uh, role change as well. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be looking at him in salary cap. I actually... In salary cap, your Parker is someone who I mm. may consider this week, considering he comes up against... Um, West, Coast. West Coast, who are leaking points, and he's actually had a reasonable season today. He's averaged ninety point eight for the season, 
So he is going over like sort of pre-COVID numbers. He's going at over 110 average. Mm. Um, and he's got a very low break-even at the moment. Uh, yeah. What's his break-even? Break-even of 58. He's only owned by 1% of the comp. Yeah. And plays West Coast, Carlton and Brisbane for his next three. 781k. He's a guy who... You, you talk about the change in um, fixtures. He's one who kind of did jump out to me a little bit. Yeah. Particularly I, with that low ownership, could I'm be a good point. Very of interested in Luke Parker this week. He's one that I'm definitely looking to bring into my midfield, um, it, and it's mostly because of the low ownership. People need mm. a point of difference, and I looked at my team before the weekend and went, "Shit, this is really similar to a lot of teams." I have a there. very vanilla team as well, um, and that's not going to help push me up. I'm ranked about eight thousand at the moment, um, just and, ahead of you. Yeah, I think you're just ahead of just me. ahead of you. All right, mate. All right, <laughs> I'll leave it alone. <laughs> so I got to take what I can. You need to take some chances with some players who yep. aren't owned by a lot of the competition. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Park is definitely a good one there. Jake Lloyd has uh, pretty much bottomed out in price, I would say, or come close to it. I reckon he's got another drop to go. You reckon? Yep, he dropped 14k this week. He's dropped 35 all up. He's got a break-even of just 65 this week, though. I reckon this is the week to grab him if you don't have Jake Lloyd. He's. I reckon this, this point, 760k, break-even of 65. He should reach that at the very least. Mm. This is the week to grab him if you want to get him. Yeah, I... I'm happy grabbing him this week. Um, he, I, I've got a gut feel he may drop again. You reckon he'll go under 65? That's what he would need to drop. Mm, I just so Eagles ha- are that bad. Are they even really getting it forward for them for teams to rebound? Yeah, that's that's a good point. Um, and, and and the shortened quarters, I think, was really hurting Lloyd because he can't do his seagull thing for yeah, as long. So that's true. It, yeah, I I still think he's top six defender end of the year. Uh, and I like him in the next couple of weeks. Um, and if you've got nothing else to do, um, I, I think he's a good option for how, but not. Yeah, I think there's there's other options as well. Yeah, uh, Justin McInerney's definitely coming off <laughs> my bench. He's been on my bench for a while, and he's been scoring pretty healthily when he's on the park. Um, so yeah. he's coming straight onto my field if he's playing this week for Tyler Brown because yep. he just shits Agreed. me sometimes. Um, the, Agreed. Also, I don't like watching Collingwood matches and trying to figure out which one is Tyler and which one is Callum whenever the uh, commentator <laughs> yells out, Brown's got the ball. I know, it's very confusing. Uh, all right, we'll move on to the uh, the Western Bulldogs side of the ledger. Yep. Because I want to talk about Tim English for just a second because I love Tim English. <laughs> um, he's had a couple of good weeks. Has he arrived? No. Is it here? No, he's, it's happened? He, it, it's, he's not Timmy going, time? <laughs> Timmy time. <laughs> Don't call it Timmy time. That sounds creepy. Um, it's going to take... I know you're going to call it Timmy time every <laughs> it's, time. It's I happening now. Um, From now on. He's got to really prove himself against... Time. Oh, God damn it. Make it happen, guys. Make it happen. <laughs> um, it's, it's going to take until he beats those top-line Ruckman um, in the competition for him, to, for him to really break through in fantasy because... Again, he played against Naismith, and Naismith did go down with an injury at some point. And then Very late in the game. Playing, but, he, I mean, you know... And Sinclair. Naismith coming back off of injuries. Sinclair is not a top-line runner. He gives up a lot of points. Ex- we know that. Exactly. So, when he really brings it up to the Grundys, Gorns, um, you know, Martins, and that sort of thing of the world, that's when I'll really step up and take notice, because there will always be those four or five games um, in in the season, maybe even six, seven, or eight, depending on, you know, if it's a proper 22-game length season, Mm -hmm. that he really struggles. And that will stop him being a top-line Ruckman in uh, fantasy. 
I, I agree, but I think you are being a bit <clears throat> harsh on him because I, everyone struggles against those top line That's guys. That's true, and he's only 22, so in three years' time, those guys, you know, hmm. for keeper leagues, he is one of the top... Yeah, you but know, we're, on, we're only talking about him in draft and keeper. We're not talking about him in salary cap anyway, yeah. so... Oh, and Who's bon- next? The Bont. Oh, <laughs> oh, we went really hard last week and said that... Move him on. He, he sucks, move him on. Um, yeah. And he's good. But still, he moving. was good. Kicked two goals, eight tackles. Yeah, um, definitely on. helps. He only had nineteen touches though, so he's getting the he's getting his points through. Oh, ju- means oh. other than just touches. Oh, um, bloody uh, uh, Justin Longmar just uh, does not know how to coach clearly because he he's one of the most highly respected coaches in the league. Man. Well, he decided to tag Jack McRae rather than Bontempelli. Everybody knows that you should tag Bontempelli. If you don't tag him, he's going to cut you up. That's the thing which stops me wanting to bring Bontempelli into my side. He gets tagged. The one game he doesn't get tagged, he tears it up, 10 votes in the coaches' votes, and wins the game off of almost his own back. Um, look, I don't get that move. So, yeah, I don't think that will be happening going forward. The Bont won't be scoring like this for the remainder. So you you, you hang in tough on... Trade him out. Nope, trade him out. Don't want anything to do with him. Um, he's, yeah, absolutely nothing to do with him whatsoever. <laughs> All right. I'm sticking firm with <laughs> it. Right, let's and move Jack on. McRae managed to get his way up to a 71, which was respectable with some real seagulling in the last quarter. Um, I think he made about 25 points up. He was on yeah, He was 50. really going yeah. bad. And again, that's because he was being tagged. He was being looked after. Um, and look, Bailey Smith down a little bit, 61, but he's still making cash and he's still scoring well enough for you to leave him alone. Absolutely. I wouldn't be trading him out no. if you've brought him in. Um, I wouldn't be going after him right now because he's he's sort of plateauing a little bit. But yeah, if you've got him, I, I'm happy with him. Yeah, should we move um, on to the next game? I just want to mention too, Bailey Dale making the Bailey watch a little bit more interesting <laughs> for is. us. He is. He is. 74. outscored Bailey Smith. He outscored Bailey Smith. He outscored Bailey Williams. And we pretty much move on from there. Best Bailey? <laughs> Definitely not. Probably longest-faced Bailey. Yeah, there we go. That's a good call. Um, Greater Western Sydney versus Collingwood. Um, really close game in the end. Um, and GWS just walked away with the chocolate. Oh, actually, sorry. Before we move on, uh, um, right. that uh, Butler guy, who was the debutante this week. Yeah, he was all right. Any interest in bringing him in? Eh, not particularly, no. Pretty cheap. No, Defender. He's just mid. one of the long list of those sort of... You know, maybe 23rd, 24th, 25th sort of a player on their list. One of those rotating guys that Bevo will just bring in and out. Exactly. No, I don't want, don't particularly want to look at him. Um, Yeah, I tend to agree. Yeah. GWS Collingwood, uh, look, tough for GWS really to to pull a lot of positives out from a fantasy point of view. Uh, Josh Kelly decided to pick it up, and same with Lockie Whitfield, which would be good for people who hung on. Whitfield and Kelly were amazing. Whitfield Uh, in particular really early was. Yeah. Awesome. But what I really want to talk about is Stephen Cornelio. What the fuck? Seriously, what, what the, the fuck? Um, I, Jesus Christ. Speaking of bad <sighs> coaching moves, um, look, why would you stick one of the competition's best midfielders at full forward? Uh, I, I mean, it was really depressing, honestly, watching him try and fly for the ball against bloody Jeremy Howe and Darcy Moore. <laughs> like, he was... I mean, I mean, you've got to think that those weren't the coach's instructions. The coach didn't say go to full forward and everyone kick it on his head. That's not what happened. It's just game script. That's what ended up. It's but just, I mean, it's shit for fantasy. It doesn't it's make sense good. to leave him there if that's what's happening. It was a clear directive from the coach. 
to do that, to go into the forward line. And oh no, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Forward. But I, I don't think it was the coach's call for him to play as a full forward and for the oh, ball to be kicked on his head. God. That's not what happened. That's just their entry into the forward line was shit. All right. So, and I'm a lot of people are trading him out at the moment. A lot of people are trading him out. I'm holding him. You're holding him. I'm holding him. I'm very strongly moving him, very strongly considering moving him on because I think he's had maybe one game this year where he's done what I would have expected him to. Yeah. The rest of them, even taking this one aside, he was he was fifty fifty gone last week before mm. this game. He's performing sort of at titch levels at the moment, where he's he was just good enough to keep in your side, but you're hoping that there was an upside that he would yeah. swing towards those primo scores again. But, yeah, this one really brought his average right down. Yeah, he's bleeding cash. Um, so, for me, I'm moving him on and I'm bringing in someone who I've got a bit more faith in. Yeah, I'm... Even if that person doesn't necessarily have the, the same, maybe, ceiling, but someone who's just actually consistently doing what I want them to. Yeah, no, I get that. And Particularly some... if they're under-owned. So, you would think someone like a Luke Parker, yeah. for example. So That's you're what pay- I'm thinking You're paying to get there. Um, Not a huge amount, I don't You're think. paying about 70k. Um, Luke Parker's 780. Uh, Stephen Canelo has gone down to 712. Yeah. Um, so you are paying to get there, but it's not that big a jump if you've got some cash in the bank. Uh, look, I don't mind that. I'm very tempted by it. I want to hold on to him just because as he gets traded out by a lot of other top-line coaches in the, in the league, he will become... Uh, a bit more of a unique player. And honestly, I think that after that, Stephen Canelo did come out in interviews and said, look, the role wasn't suited to me. I didn't do particularly well. I'm going to come back with a bang next week. I think he, as a player, will come out and smash it out of the park next week. Maybe I give him a week then. Maybe Um, I give him a week. But it is tough. Um, So, so yeah, it it just sucks though. That didn't set up a good weekend. It really didn't. And I know that I have heard some people, I have seen some people on Twitter talking about, is he going to get DPP status? Mm. Um, Not from that one game, he's not. No, absolutely. He has played forward a little bit. He does that every year though. But what they're saying is that one game might push him over the limits uh, or over the the percentages that he was getting in previous seasons. If it happens and for another game, I might read into it. If he plays... If it's a one-game thing and he's back into his usual role, champion data and the AFL fantasy guys are not going to change it based yeah. on one game. Agreed. Regardless of what that does to any hypothetical averages. Yeah. Uh, for draft owners or for someone who owns him in AFL fantasy, because he is a very good player, um, Zach Williams, unfortunately, that's another hamstring issue we're talking about there. Mm. So he's out for four weeks uh, with that. Yeah, so that unfortunately, you have to trade him out if you own him in uh, salary cap leagues. And he's... Again, he's one of those buy low, sell. If you don't own Zach Williams and you've got a few games in the bank, um, you or a few wins in the bank, I should say, in draft leagues, you can go out and offer a, a trade to the coach if they're, especially if they're struggling and they need wins to make finals, uh, because Zach Williams will come back and be a very strong defender. Absolutely. Uh, anyone else you want to point out, or should we move into Collingwood? Nick Haynes, mm. um, not someone I usually consider for salary cap. Definitely a strong um, set-and-forget defender in drafts, but yep. considering how bizarre the defensive lineup is this year and just I don't know who's going to be a top six at the end of the year, I don't know who's going to be top ten at the end of the year, he's been he's reasonably consistent and, and I'm, I'm considering him... Well, look, Nick no, Haynes, Not as someone to bring in, but someone to stick on a watch list and see if he keeps it going with Davis out. Yeah. If he does... 
then he may be someone I look at in a few weeks' time as a potential um, defender upgrade. Yeah, he's the eighth highest ranking defender at the moment. So um, he's got an average of, what's that, 75. So he's going better than some of my midfielders at the moment, which is really annoying. <laughs> uh, look, it, it's a solid move. Um, I just wonder if it's uh, one of these sort of like a Lockie Weller type move, you know, where I don't think he will keep that up for the whole season. But then again, this is a topsy-turvy. Yeah, yeah I, I don't know what's going to happen. I am more concerned with Weller, weirdly, more concerned with Weller or someone like that than with Haynes because I think he has a set role and the team's playing badly at the moment and he's mm. scoring well. Yeah. The thing that worries me most is Davis going out with an injury and whether he's going to be more locked down than intercept. Yeah, and Davis is listed as a test this week, so there's a good chance that he may be needed in more of a lockdown role, unfortunately. Yeah, so watch list, but um, that's pretty much it at this mm-hmm. stage. I will go on to the pies. Brody Grundy does what Brody Grundy does. He's just amazing. Uh, Taylor Adams was good once again, and for me, uh, Tay-Tay's role just completely depends on when Trelaw comes Trelaw's back. Trelaw's back in this week. Trelaw's back in he, this week. Apparently he destroyed a practice match on the Don't weekend. Don't want anything to do with Taylor Adams then because it happens every year. Unfortunately, his scores go right down because the role goes away. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. No, unfortunately, I think if you own Taylor Adams and you, you do have a luxury trade, he's made a lot of money for you. It's It might be a good week to jump off. You mm. know, Unless you want to give it one week just to test it out, it probably couldn't hurt you, but... Yeah, Trelaw always severely affects his scores. Agreed. Um, Jeremy Howe. Yeah, that's another hurts. one. Just really hurts. He's clearly he was clearly one of the top defenders this year. He looked the top s- defender. Well, yeah, he looked so good. He was absolutely amazing. Tell you what, what didn't look good was oh, that knee injury. Jesus, that was that, rough. That was horrible. Oh my god. Um, yeah, like a it, spaghetti leg. Yeah, I know. It, it looked absolutely horrible. Ooh. So. Yeah. We're, Poor guy. Well, everyone will have to trade him out who owns him. He's out for yep. a significant period of time, at the very least two months. Yeah. Um, so, look, the players that you can look to go to, obviously Sam Lloyd, someone like yep. that. Um, he has made money, Jeremy Howe, but he's still that odd price. He's an unfortunate price. Yeah. yeah. So, what was he? 638. Six, exactly. So, so you're going to need to spend up if you mm-hmm. want to get to a top-line defender like a... Uh, a Jake Lloyd um, Hooley's like 800 800 so he's very expensive um, if you don't own Sam Doherty and I don't know what you've been doing if you don't own him but that's the guy you should be targeting um, look I'm, I'm going to throw a name out there that you're going to scoff at no I know exactly what it is is it Levi Casbolt he's on my list but that's not the one I was going to throw out alright if it's Levi Casbolt <laughs> you can throw your list out right there because that's such a stupid idea well, we'll, we'll get to Casbolt later. Is the other name Braden Maynard? It is Braden Maynard. Yeah, I thought it would be. Um, okay. I've loved Maynard's year. 30, so it's, yeah, 30 points. Oh, 30 points, sorry. 30k is the difference. So it'll cost you 30k. Uh, to him. No, 13. 13. Uh, 13 grand. It'll cost you 13 grand to go up to Maynard, which amazed me that Maynard's more yeah. expensive. But Maynard is only averaging four, four and a half points less than how. He's gone 76, 76, 95, and 84 this year. Yeah. Only 4% owned. They're using him as a rebounder. He's not going to get that exact how roll, but Mm. you'd think that he'll get some of Howe's rebound ball. Mm. I'm 
not. I know you're not. A, you you don't like Maynard much. No, I I like Maynard as a player, but not as a fantasy player. He's never ever shown this. He's always I mean, that guy who's available on the waiver listing. You can come not, in and not stream this for one year, or two. He's not. No, not this year. But I've been on the Maynard bandwagon on and off for years. It's happening. Mm-hmm. I'm, this is the time. I am going Maynard. All right, I love it. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm going to to Maynard. Risk it. Why not? I mean, what's he earned by? Four percent. Four percent of the comp. Yeah, it's a, I think that will be a popular trade this week. So that will go up to at least six to eight percent. I would suggest. Um, I'll take that, even if it's six to eight percent. Lloyd's owned by thirty-four percent. That's true. Yeah, it's. Which says something that maybe you do need to get him to sort of cancel that out. It does. But I am I, I'm going Maynard this week. Mm. So unless some other shit goes wrong on Thursday, <laughs> which it always which does, it probably will. Um, all right. So anyone else you want to talk about from Collingwood there, man? Uh, let me have a quick look. I mean, Dacos was down on what he has been producing lately, but still very good. Are you still truth in crisp? I'm still truth in crisp, especially with. Um, with Howe out. Howe has been used as the primary plus six rebounder out of Collingwood. You think Maynard will get a bump? I also think Chris will get a bump. I think he'll get a, he'll get a bump, but I think Maynard will as well. Um, and Maynard's already doing better. Yeah, so no, I'm still truthing Crisp. Um, I would prefer Crisp to Maynard, but... No. I... Yeah, it's, look, it's tough because... I'm all in. Look, Crisp has done. Crisp has been a fantasy player over the past four or five years. Maynard has never been a fantasy player except for these four rounds. You're trusting four rounds, small sample size, over a larger sample size. It's don't get me wrong. It's this. This is the year to just go for it. Right? You can, yeah, you can. Um, but it's also the year where if you go for something and it fails, you've got no time to make it up at the back end. Yeah, well, <laughs> if, if it pays off, no one else has any time to catch it's up the to year either. The ga- it's the year of the gamble, and I love it. Yeah. Um, i got no one else I want to talk right, about. Look, we'll push on to the, uh, the Port West Coast <clears> game, which is just shocking. Like I said, back in any team that's against West Coast, because they will be in for a good fantasy day. Uh, Charlie Dixon, <clears throat> man, he dominated. We talked about him last week. Um Against who was he playing against? I think it was Frio in the wet, where he was just clunking the marks. Yeah. Oh, he did the same thing, not not in the wet, but he just he's in amazing. No, form. He just does not give a shit. If, he if is, there is any off chance that he's available on a waiver wire in a draft mm-hmm. league, you go out and grab him because he is having one of those years where he's just taking everything. Sixty five percent owned ultimate footy. Man, it's crazy. There's or, something wrong with that. All right, and I'll give you another player. Brad Ebert is the, or technically he's the third highest averaging forward, mm. but I'm not going to include Parfit because he has missed two games. So yep. he's only played two. Yep. Um, so on that, he's the second highest by total points mm. forward for the entire competition. Do we have to bring him in? He's 699k, so based on that, he is still very underpriced. His break even is 29k. 29. <clears throat> It's close to it. The, the forward line is really weird. I mean, Jai Simkin is the fourth highest averaging forward. The, the, yeah, the um, forward line Chad is Chad Wingard's the... someone that I really want in my team. He's 674, so he's a bit cheap, and yeah. I'm looking to bring him in this week. The forward line is a weird one, because that's where the upgrade options are at the moment. Mm. So I have no issue with going after, out and doing your upgrades there at the moment, yeah. while we wait and see how the back line settles. The midfield's kind of doing what you expect the midfield to do. Mm. More or less, but the forward line is where you can get a couple of guys at the moment. Uh, yeah, so Brad Ebert, really good option. <laughs> yeah, I don't week. mind that one. Although, 
I don't know. He had last he, year when he was playing that forward role, he was really hit or miss. It was, from memory, he played very well in that forward role until he got a concussion, and when he came back, he was very hit and miss. <clears throat> All right, maybe. Yeah. So it's very, it, it's tough. But again, he's one of those players who's had a, a bit of a crooked fantasy history. Yeah. Um, look, Dan Houston made it up on the back end, but geez, he was close to drop ball one stage. He's really skating on thin ice. Well, he's playing pure defense, and that is not what we bought him for. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I know. There's a lot of people going to be moving him on this week. Um, I I have to keep him. Me too. I Uh, can't afford to move him because he met his break even, so he's going to go up in price. Yeah, I want to get rid of him, but I can't because I also I've got Dawson sitting in my back line who's. Draft players like Westoff, Hartlett, Amon's been very good. Amon is yeah. a very good player. Oh, very good. He he is a very solid player now. If he's available on waiver wise, you can very comfortably stream him or even pick him up as your last sort of midfielder. Yeah, I like it. Um, I've really liked Hartlett's year as well, actually. Mm. Um, the one thing that annoys me about Port is they have so many running defenders, yeah. rebounding defenders, but Darcy Byrne-Jones and Hartlett are really kind of leading the yeah. way this year. Well, Darcy Byrne-Jones, they've got Hartlett, Clurie <laughs> goes off every now and then. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, they've got Trent McKenzie back there. Riley Bonner plays off half-back. They've got a lot of those rebounding guys. You're absolutely right. Um, um, but yeah, I really, I've really liked um, Hartlett's year. Yeah. Um, anyone else you particularly want to talk about? No, we'll about? move on to West Coast. And I'll just sort of... Um, so I was just talking up Charlie Dixon as go out and grab him off your waiver wire. He does play um, Brisbane this week. So, so Harris, Harris Andrews, Andrews, that's that, going to be a really that, good matchup. That'll be a good test. Because, that'll be a really good test. Yeah, that, that will be very, very interesting to see how that goes. Um, so for West Coast, Andrew Gaff does what Andrew Gaff does. He's he's just definitely a top eight midfielder, possibly a top three fantasy midfielder this year. Agreed. So you need to have him at some stage. Particularly <clears throat> once the Western Australian hub kicks in because yeah. he is just going to go berserk every week playing at Optus Stadium it's going to be very very good Tim Kelly had a very good game we've actually got a question about Tim Kelly we'll talk about him later, later so we'll talk, bring yep. him up a little bit later cool um, look Josh Kennedy needed to kick four goals in order to get to his high score um, yep. and that's not happening every week as we've seen um, and look I honestly don't want to talk too much about West Coast because they just don't have anything for me for fantasy at the, this year they have, they're showing no form yep. and that's reflective in their fantasy yeah. scores it, I, I'm really curious to see when they get back to WA whether playing at Optus is just going to turn it around like that for them or whether they're, they're going to bring that bad form with them. I think that mindset is going to be stuck in. I just think, yeah, this is this is a massive, massive down year. And then next year, if there's a full season, it might be coming back a little bit stronger. It, they might, might be too little too late for them anyway. They it, may be past the point of no return. Very much might be, especially with Josh Kennedy. He very good chance he might retire next year, which means that, you know... Your second tall forward is going to be a Waterman or a. Well, I was Australian. talking about this particular year. Like, ah. if they come back to WA for the hub and they're that far behind the eight ball with making finals, mm. whether subconsciously they they're not going to be playing at a hundred percent. If they, I mean, they're they're not playing finals at this rate. It's too too little games for them to make this up. Um, all right, next game, which was St Kilda and Richmond. Uh, this was again like one of the giants just being toppled. So Richmond. Uh, you know, mm. one and three realistically to start this year too, or one a draw and two, um, <clears throat> and yeah, Saints just dismantled them from the get go. The Saints looked really good in this game. Looked fantastic. Um, yeah, I, I caught bits of this game. I quite quite enjoyed watching the Saints. <laughs> Jack Steele's 
I, I mean, I, I really struggle to, to trust Jack Steele, but he's been very solid, averaging 88 for the he's year. He's on my short list as another one of those guys you could potentially look at it as a real point of difference. We flagged that with the coach change, maybe he might do a little bit less tagging, and he is doing significantly less pure tagging. He's actually yeah. finding the ball. So he's gone 82, 102, 70, and 98. In COVID scores, uh, so pre-COVID, those are... He's, that's like 120 almost every week. Yeah, exactly. He's he's doing fantastic. He's got Carlton, Geelong, and Port currently, Ooh. unless they play with the fixtures yeah. a bit more. Yeah, um, Carlton Thursday especially. night, mm. Carlton. Very good VC option. One mm. percent owned. <sighs> Jeez, that's another one like Parker, isn't it? Parker and, and Steel. And he is 33 grand less than Parker. You know, if you could do both this week, I would love that. <laughs> I would honestly love that as unique ends. That would really give that your team a point of difference and you could push right up the that, rankings. That's a real... You're either really jumping up the rankings or you're really falling off them. Yeah. yeah that's... Yeah. But like you say, if... Big it, risk reward there. We're four rounds down in a 17-round season. Yeah, I um, like it. Which is <clears> going to be realistically, what, 14, 15 rounds, depending on your fantasy finals? Um, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, you're going. You need to push up at some point quickly, um, and those uniques are going to get there for you. Uh, Rowan Marshall was solid. Billings as well. A lot of draft guys there were really good. Yeah. Brad Hill's been good the past two weeks after a stuttery start to the year. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Dan uh, Butler. Yeah. How good has he been? You I, know, he's. I think it was nine percent owned in. Four percent, sorry. Yeah, he was one of my riskets from uh, a couple of weeks ago with good reason. See, he was your risket. I actually went and got him in both our leagues. Yeah, I know, you jerk. <laughs> <laughs> uh, look, there are a lot of good guys from St Kilda. Zach Jones, worry with that uh, that injury issue. Um, I haven't heard yet whether he'll be playing or not this week. So, uh, mm. yeah, it'll be interesting to see. on Hurts, because he has been quite good as well. He's been incredibly good. But maybe, again, that frees up Steel to be even more offensive because they'll need a mover through the midfield yeah. or out of the clearances, I should say. Because Billings, Brad Hill, those guys are outside players. Um, yes. Yeah, you'll definitely need the uh, the inside bulk of, of someone like Steel. Um, we'll move on to Richmond. Uh, and I don't know how, but Toby Nankervis ended up with second highest score of the round. Aberration. Um, Move on. That's bizarre. <laughs> and particularly, so Nankervis went 118 and Rowan Marshall went 89. Yeah. That's a, that's a very high-scoring yeah, rucker contest. I, I don't exactly know how that happened, but... There, there were a lot of um, ball-ups in this yeah. game. It's interesting. I'll, I'll put it that way. <laughs> um, look, again, Richmond aren't a, a real fan. They've had some solid contributors, like, especially for draft leagues. Dion Presti has been very solid this year. Yeah. Hooley's one, like you say, that... While he's while he's fit, you've got to try and get he's, him into your side. He's top two or three defender while yeah. he's fit. Yeah, I just the longer I leave it without bringing him in, the more I feel I'm closer to the next injury. And just, I know it's a terrible idea to trade him in. It's I know. this weird catch twenty two. Like you need to have him for his scores, but you're just stressed out about the fact that if I bring him in next week, what if the week after that's the hamstring injury and I've paid all this money for one week? Yep. I, I hear you. Or the I calf hear. injury, I should say. It's um, Particularly with, yeah, he's had the calf issue that kept him out of round one, and I yeah. think it, it persisted that long that it kept him out of round two somehow. As well, so. <laughs> well, especially with only um, uh, two trades from next week onwards. Um, yeah. If you do have to cover up an injury there, that's a real worry. 
Uh, Dusty Martin came back not so solid with a 54. Like I said, if he was playing West Coast, I would have really backed him in for a good score. Playing against possibly Melbourne, I think. That was how the fixtures changed too. Yes, it is. Yeah, so playing against Melbourne... He'll probably go right against Melbourne. Melbourne tend to give up some points. Could still go very good. Um, and look again, a, a lot of guys are struggling from yeah. uh, from Richmond as well. Yeah, we think we talked up Veloston last couple of weeks. He crashed back down to earth with thirty. Yeah, um, this was just a very, I want to say, unRichmond like performance. It was a lackluster game, it but wasn't good. that's kind of been their year lackluster. Yeah. So I don't know what's wrong with them, but at this stage, I'm avoiding. Agreed. Them like the plague. Uh, we'll move on to the next game: Essendon versus Carlton, and Carlton hung on for an absolute nail biter. This was a really good finish. Um, look, Sam Doherty, get him into your side, whatever you have to do. Um, I think... How many people don't own him? I, I want to see what his ownership is. Um, if you can just surely check that for me. everyone has to have Doherty. I, I know that everyone, not everyone has him. 50%. Exactly. Half the teams out there, surely half the teams couldn't be ghost ships. Just... Could not There's be a big to. issue if they are. Yeah, that, that's not a great for <laughs> AFL fantasy marketing if it is. Um, but everyone that doesn't have Sam Doherty, you need to get him in. He's 700k at the moment, so he's still cheap for what he's delivered. Like, ridiculously yeah. cheap. Yeah, it, he and Hooli will fight it out for the top defender of the year. Yeah. And um, at the moment, it's Doherty. Yeah, 100%. Um, so, yeah, just get him in whatever you can do. Uh, Michael Gibbons again. Mm, playing a good role. Playing a good role. He's doing... Very well this year. I I mean, I don't want anything to do with him in salary cap leagues, but if somehow, if he's still on the waiver list for you, um, don't mind it. In draft leagues, don't mind it. Very, very cheeky pickup. Yep. Um, who else have we got? David Cunningham. A little bit of a breakout game there, but again, I, I'm not trusting that. I like Cunningham. Um, he's just been inconsistent over his career, yep. but I'm hoping that he can start to pull it together. Um, but I, I really like him as a player. Right, yeah, so do I. He reminds me a little bit of early Zach Jones, sort of like real foot speed, breakout of clearances. Yeah. Um, but because of the role he plays, doesn't score particularly well. You know, he might he might have a good game with only twelve touches think, because of the impact he yeah, can make. I think if he was a prime mover, he'd score well every week. The thing is, he's just a fringe player. Yeah, they had a lot of really good scores. Sammy Walsh, uh, that was a much better job from him with a ninety. Uh, look, Levi Casbolt. We have to talk about Casbolt. I don't want to talk about. Kasbolt. You know, Casbolt is nine percent owned in salary cap. Yeah, I, I'm glad because I'm looking forward to nine percent of the competition being very sad when he starts doing Casbolt things again. He's got 82, 46 isn't great, but <laughs> 73, 94 this year. Those are good scores. Uh, they're good scores. I still don't want anything to do with Levi Casbolt in my salary cap team. It's Levi Casbolt. He's going to fail at some stage. I'm, I, I'm kind of on board at the <laughs> oh moment. Oh god! Oh god! No, probably oh. I, I wouldn't go so far as to say I'm on board in salary cap. I wouldn't be getting him in salary cap. Holy and the shit. fact that nine percent people already own him mean that I can get more of a point of difference elsewhere. Yeah. If- so if, if he was maybe a little bit a couple <laughs> percent lower, I might be more inclined. But um, but in drafts. Oh, absolutely. Um, he's seventy-eight percent owned. Yeah. So there's a lot of waivers you can get him on, mm-hmm. and yeah, he and in ultimate footy, he's a DPP back forward, yeah. which is an amazing DPP to have. Mm. Uh, look, I've 
I want to bring up Paddy Cripps for a second because again, like he had a great score last week, but that's three out of his four as you know, sort of average scores. Yeah, I've got four of these guys in my midfield at the moment for AFL fantasy in, in Canelio, Tom Mitchell, Patrick Cripps, and Jack McRae, who are putting up average scores. Who should not be putting up average scores? <laughs> Sucks to be you. I know. <laughs> it's <laughs> what's your midfield look like? Um, I've got. You've got Cogs. I got Cogs. I don't have the other three. You didn't start with Tom Mitchell? Oh, sorry, I do have Mitchell, yep. I was about I've to... got Cogs and Mitchell, but I'm probably moving... I may move Cogs on this week. Okay. Um, yeah, I was about to say, did you... I don't know how you didn't start off with Tom Mitchell. Yeah, because... sorry. My bad. <laughs> I do have Mitchell, and he's probably safe in my team at the moment because i got bigger issues to fry, yeah, he's... and he's that heavily owned that I'm not really losing anything by kicking. You're not offsetting anything there. Um, yeah. Look, so Paddy Cripps, just lift your game, mate. Lift your, your fantasy game more so, because, again, he's still carrying that team on his back a lot of the time. Yeah. Um, okay, we'll move on to Essendon. Uh, and I traded out Devin Smith this week, and that hurts. Um, I, I mean, mm. again, I, I always backed him in as possibly being a top six for, uh, forward this year. He wasn't looking like he had the, the right role. Um, mm-hmm. And this particular week, he came out and smashed a good score. Look, he's still not in contention at the moment, given the other players that are aroundabouts for a top six forward. But I wish I hadn't done that this week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, he, on average, he's still being outscored by Kyle Langford, which is embarrassing. It's a bit worrying. <laughs> I, I, I don't really have anything to add to that. I didn't watch this game, so I can't comment on it. Uh, look, he he had a better role in this game. He was playing a lot more up through the midfield. Um, and look, not not much really to talk about except for Zach Merritt. He'll be out this week. Uh, did they accept it or did they challenge it? In I the think end? they accepted that, so he's out mm. for he's out for one week. I would have liked them to challenge that just for the, well, just for like the principle of it. Yeah, it's it's a really tough one because it's all about the outcome, and the, the I know, NFL's, and I hate that. Yeah, I, I hate that as well. But it's always been about the outcome rather than the action. And yeah. it's it's a tough one to adjudicate, but yeah, I, I always think you should adjudicate on the action itself. Yeah. But you know, if someone does the exact same action uh, and the uh, you know the opponent's in a slightly different position, one walks away with no injuries whatsoever, and the other walks yep. around with a broken le- uh, broken ribbon, you know, yep. bruised spleen. So he's really just unfortunate that Silvani has weak ribs. Yeah, basically, and and yeah, that's how they adjudicate it. So have um, some more, drink some more milk. For fantasy coaches, if you own him in salary cap, get him out this week uh, because he hasn't been performing amazingly anyway. He's been pretty average this year. Um, yeah. And so this gives you the excuse. And for draft owners, look, that sucks. Yeah. <laughs> it's nothing else to say. It's just unfortunate. Pretty much. Um, I don't really... I'm just scrolling through. There's no one else I particularly want to talk about. Nope. No, they're not a great fantasy team this year. R- Ridley's been really good from a draft perspective yeah, this year. He's but solid. Yeah, he's already gone, and you're not bringing him in in salary cap. Adam so. Saad's been pretty solid as well from a draft point of view, just sneakily. Saad's been surprisingly good, mm, actually. Yeah, we started the year with 100. He's got a 74. He's had a... If you're in ultimate footy, he got a 67 and a 54 apart from that. Those are very solid scores for a defender, especially a defender who was likely to be on waiver lists. Yeah, I wonder how much he's owned. Mm, have, a, have a look into that, and I'll move on to the next game, which was uh, the Gold Coast versus Frio. Frio tried to give him a little bit of a scare at one stage, but the Gold Coast are looking really solid this year. Um, yeah. Your best on ground, Jared Witts, was uh, was very good with a 94. 
my best on ground, Matty Rowell with a, a 78. Another score which I is... You're putting words in my mouth that Wits was my best on ground. I thought, I thought you said that Wits was your best on ground. No, you're, you're thinking of um, friend of the podcast, Brody. Oh, okay. So All side right. is 92% owned in ultimate footing, right. which it makes sense. Yeah, and also name value. He's, he's a very well-known uh, name in, in Melbourne. <laughs> yeah. um, so that drives up the ownership in a lot of draft leagues. Absolutely, yeah. Um, I, I probably would have Wits close to best on ground. He destroyed yeah, he he this was game. really, really good. Um, Brandon Ellis was really good as well. Look, yeah. Uh, uh, um, loving his role. There's a lot of keeper guys that I want to spend a lot of time talking about, but I don't think we can. Um, well, I think realistically, they're probably all owned. Yeah, they, so they are. Rao is amazing. Yeah, Ainsworth I'm, is in, yeah. fantastic I'm too. really liking Lukosius at the moment. Yes, Lukosius that has kind been of solid. Kind of loose, rebounding, rangy defender who pushes up the ground a little bit. And his scores have been... I think this is, what, his third year? Uh, second year, isn't it? Second or third year. Second. Um, but, so yeah. He was drafted at the same time as Isaac Rankin, from memory. Yes. Second year. And he's already taken a fairly good step from last year. Mm-hmm. I, I think he's going to be owned. But if the owner in a keeper league is maybe a little bit frustrated because he's not setting the world on fire score-wise... I really like the potential in that role that he's in at the moment. Uh, the one I do want to talk about is Hugh Greenwood. Um, yeah, he's out of my team. Um, look, he had a, a solid score last week, and I thought maybe he can start bumping it up. But again, we noticed he needed like 13 tackles to get to that score because yeah. he only had like seven or eight disposals. Again, another single-digit <laughs> disposals game for him. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's yeah. out. So I, I watched this game, and he... Had a few centre bounce. He had actually had quite a lot of centre bounce and tendencies in the fourth quarter mm. that I noticed. But up until that point, he was spending a lot of time in the forward line, almost as like a decoy forward. He wasn't getting used a lot, and even when he was in the middle, he was playing that defensive sweeper role. He wasn't actually going in to get the ball a lot of the time. Yeah, so I'm, I'm, I just just get rid of him. Don't it's, like the role. Yeah, yep. it's it's awful. I agree. Look, look to someone like a wing guard for a sort of similar price, or um, some of the guys we spoke about a little bit earlier. Uh, we'll move over to Fremantle. Uh, Matty Taberner, Darcy Tucker, those sort of guys have been really solid from a draft point of view this year. Yep. Um, same, Hayden Young, nice little breakout oh, game for him. He looked great. He looked very composed, particularly late in the fourth. We knew what we were going to get with Hayden Young at some stage this year, though, because we backed him in as one of the top defensive rookies to have. Yep. He's pretty pricey now, but should you go out and get him? Look, if you're in a position where you're moving on Howe and Houston this week... I don't mind the downgrade upgrade option. Yeah, I like that. Bring Young in for one of them, and then use the cash to go after your your Hooley or your um, Lloyd. Yeah, so he's quite yeah definitely quite pricey. Three hundred and thirteen k for a rookie. Uh, his break even <laughs> is negative eleven though. Um, yeah, he's coming up against Adelaide. I, this I week. just get the feeling that this game could be his breakout game where he goes. You know what? I can do this because he looked really composed and. His ability to go and take contested marks and intercept marks mm. late in that final quarter was really, really impressive. We knew what we were going to get. He's an absolutely awesome young player. Um, all right, so was, obviously we have to touch on Nat Fife um, yeah. for drafts and a lot of people out there who do own him in salary cap leagues. Uh, he's going to miss one to two weeks at the very least. They're saying that he should be right to be back for the Derby. Um, mm-hmm. I'd be getting rid of him in salary cap leagues because I don't trust those numbers. Um, I reckon he's probably closer to miss definitely two and maybe a third. Hamstrings Um, are historically two to three minimum. Yeah, Uh, and 
in draft leagues, it's it's just that awkward number where yeah. you, you do have to keep him. Um, You're probably I, stuck with him. And I probably, I wouldn't go shopping him around if, if you do have You're, you're going to be, you're not going to be getting value no. with that shorter injury. Yeah, even with his name. Caleb Sarong had a good little debut <laughs> as well with a 60. Yeah, not too bad. I um, I did like what I saw from him. Yeah, he was better um, than a lot of other. Like, there's a there's a few guys that have come out of this draft who are little units. Yeah, um, not as much as Rao, but he is a solid little unit. Mm-hmm. Sarong. Um, and just quickly before we move on to the next game, we both said it last week. Trade Andrew Brayshaw out of your team immediately if you yep. have him. He is just woeful this year for fantasy. Yeah, just not good. Move him on. Um, Brayshaws in general are just not good at the moment. <laughs> Um, okay, uh, we'll move on to the next game, which was Brisbane v Adelaide. Brisbane just comfortably had this the entire morning. Uh, yeah. But Lockie they kicked ten twenty three as well. If they could kick straight, Lockie Neal kicked it like a, like zero goal six or something. Neal went zero six. McCluggage went one goal five. Yeah, McCluggage. They could have had monstrous games. Yeah. So the the guys that we harp on about quite a lot are Neil, Berry, McCluggage, and Lions from a Lions, uh, Lions point of view. Yep. Top and four. They all scored incredibly well. This is the one rare game where not. Any one of them hmm. was was down on their output because of just a lack of ball. Yeah, prime um, movers all got going. Yeah. And and I love the fact that Neil was being tagged, wasn't doing so well in the first quarter, yeah, yeah. and just I gave zero shits. Four touches in the fourth quarter, and then just went, you know what, I'm better than you, and just worked his way into the game. Finished with 31, <laughs> six shots on goal. Monstered it, just Absolutely monstered, monstered it. it. Could have had 150 plus in a COVID year with shortened quarters like that. That would just be ridiculous. Yeah. Um, look, and and McCluggage, I've got massive raps on McCluggage, and I love Jared Berry as well. Yeah, I love all all three of those guys. Yeah. They're awesome. Ja- Lions also always flies under the radar. Um, yeah. uh, so from there, it falls off obviously, but they've got some solid contributors in Robinson, um, Bailey from a, a, dra- a deep draft point of view for Bailey. Yeah, I like him from a keeper perspective. So do I. Um, there's a lot to like there: speed, power. Um, the in the last quarter of this game, he was finding the ball at will. Yeah. So once he sort of continues to develop I do like him from a keeper perspective but he's probably a couple of, a year or two away from really hitting his strides I Agreed. think and Dane Zorko looks like he's got another injury to the Achilles as well so yeah. might be missing some time unfortunately yep, yep. so uh, look yep. I'm not too uh not not too happy about it, but yeah, unfortunately, it looks like he's going to be missing some time, which could be a bit of a benefit to someone like a Jared Berry to more consistently get that pure midfield time. Zorko's been playing a lot of forward this year. Yeah, he, has. he hasn't played a lot of midfield from what I've seen. Um, so no, you got a point. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think he's probably already lost his midfield spot to those yeah. guys. Um, Adelaide, look, the one thing I want to talk <coughs> about really because we know what we're getting from Adelaide at the minute. There's no Shit. one really. Yeah, I know. There's no. I mean, I like Paholke's performance. He was I really like yeah, Paholke. So he's one I might bring in this week because they, they need to play these young guys who step up in games because, frankly, most of their players aren't stepping up at all. Yeah. Um, but the big one for me was Matty Crouch, left out of the side. I know. I, and uh, well, I, mean, I can't disagree with it. I think it's a good decision. Well, no, I, I disagree with that because uh, on the day they should have brought Matt Crouch back in when they realised, oh, hang on, it's really wet. And we've got like three Ruckman-sized players in our oh, team. Oh, yeah, from that um, perspective. Yeah. From a team structure one point of, the of view, they were shocking. Like yeah. that, that was bad coaching. But look, I, I didn't mind it to send a message to the team saying, you know, no one is immune to this. We've got to get better. And if you're not performing, 
you're out of the team. It just it, sucks the draft coaches uh, out there who drafted him in the second round. Yes, it does. He was probably like going between sixteen to twenty in a lot of drafts. True. Yeah, it probably was. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess I'm coming. I'm thinking from a pure footy perspective. Crouch, Crouch, and Sloan is too slow a midfield. And we've, been, that, we've known that for the last 12 months. But that's why we told them... Well, we, we told them. <laughs> we, we don't Because anyone that listens them. to us. Um, but that, that's why a lot of people assumed that Brody Smith would be playing pure midfield this year because he does have speed, precision kicking, and offers something different. And yet they threw him in the back line again. Yes. It, yes. But it, they, at least no they sense. gave Pahulki a go in the midfield. They gave Keys a go in the midfield. Um, am I missing someone else? I think feel like there was somebody else that had had a bit of a go in uh, there. Frampton had a bit of a go in the ruck as well, which was quite good to see for, as a second ruck and up forward as well. Um, no, it's Look, it, it just is not good at Adelaide at the moment, and I wouldn't be backing in any of their fantasy players except for Brad Crouch, who is very solid pretty much yeah. every week. Laird is really struggling this yeah, year. Yeah, no, he's not going to be a top six defender. I agree. Yeah. I Unfortunately agree. for all those draft coaches who drafted him, you know, maybe even in the top five. Yeah. Anyone um, who grew, who got him in salary cap thinking he was underpriced and you still have him, jettison. Absolutely. Uh, we'll move on to the, the second last game, which was Melbourne taking on Geelong. Um, really, like, close finish, but really boring game to watch, to be honest. Um, it was played between the arcs for about 95% of the game. Mm. Barely went into the forward lines. Um, look, from uh, from Geelong's point of view, Menegola really did well, and that was because of the way the game was played, because of the fact that it wasn't going into the forward lines. He could get tons of plus sixes around the place, mm. and that's why Camp Guthrie did well. Mark O'Connor did well as well because of that. This was Mitch Duncan's best game for the year because of the way the game was played. I don't think it's going to happen quite as much going forward. Um, good to see Patrick Dangerfield uh, breaking through for a much better game this week. Yes. Um, and and there were good fantasy scores in this game because of that, you know, chipmark, chipmark yeah. style of play. Um, Grind Myers was solid. Parfit is... 88. Tempting. Yeah. He is 604,000. Mm-hmm. Technically the second highest averaging forward. Only played two games, but those two games were 94 and 88. Mm. And he's got Gold Coast, St. Kilda and Collingwood next. It's a pretty good run points-wise, you'd think. Ooh, yeah, I'm very, very tempted um, by Brandon Parfit. The, 4% owned. Yeah. The weird thing is, again, we I keep going back to coaching <clears throat> moves, but mm-hmm. why did they drop him? He was legitimately omitted last week for no reason after coming uh, in and being one of their best players the week before. We know that Chris Scott's, <laughs> Chris Scott's selection um, criteria are an enigma known only to himself. <laughs> and even then... Might be a little bit unknown. Yeah. Um, but look, I am loving his beard at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> it, is, it is pretty Grizzly Adams, isn't it? It's great. Um, look, and from then on, like, like I say, it's a lot of players that we would expect to perform well. Um, Melbourne, uh, Maxi Gorn did very well after a slow start. And again, we're getting the same that we expect from Clayton Oliver. Yep. Petrarca is going to be a top two or three forward this year. You need to get him in if you don't own him. Um, and, and yeah, look, from there on, it just sort of tails away. Is there anyone else you really want to focus on for, uh, for um, Melbourne? Not really. Trent Rivers still getting the job done. For, Trent um, Rivers is being very solid. Yeah, for, um, for uh, cash cowing. Yeah, exactly. He's going to continue making some money. And 
I'm I'm playing him on my field at the moment. So am I quite yeah, comfortable? Com- comfortable enough to play him on my field over just ahead of like Jared Brander, but just yeah. behind Brandon Stasevich in terms That's of order. Exactly my order as well. Um, all right, we'll move to the last game of the round, yeah. which was North versus uh, Hawthorne, and North really turned this into a close game. There, that final quarter was amazing. That was hectic, wasn't uh, it? I am. I can't believe I'm about to say this, but I am really enjoying some of the North games I've watched yeah, this year. Yeah, I know, so am I, and it hurts me to say that, but you know why? Because they're playing some youngsters, and the youngsters are performing well, in particular the likes of... Uh, we may as well go into to North Melbourne quickly first, but in yeah. particular the likes of Jai Simpkin, um, mm. Jed Anderson as well. Um, these sorts of guys are performing so well in the roles that they're given, and Simpkin in particular just is blitzing it in the midfield. Yeah, and his third quarter, he pretty much... Because I watched most of this game. The third quarter, he was always there, but the ball just came out the other side of the pack to him. In the fourth quarter, it came out his side. Mm -hmm. And, geez, he put on like 30 or 40 points in that final quarter. He was fantastic. Um, Look, uh, Toddy Goldstein has been incredible so far this year. I absolutely love the idea of getting him in. Unfortunately, I just can't at the moment. Same. Um, I have to really wait until Pitney tops out before I can look at getting my second Ruckman in. Agreed. Um, like I said, Anderson's been very good. Pittard's been flying under the radar. He's been quite solid this year. I, I don't know how... Uh, not from not from salary cap, but yeah, yeah. from a draft point of view, he might have been on the waivers because of a, a couple of 40s to start. Mm. But since then, he's gone 80 and 74. Oh, yeah, absolutely. No, I, I think he's having a great year fantasy-wise. I was just going to say, I don't know how he's flying under the radar with his haircut. <laughs> haircut and those boots, man. Um, but yeah, he's had a really good year. And they've got another really um, talented rookie playing in, the, in Curtis Taylor who oh, should be getting regular game. He should be playing every single week, and he'll keep going up in price. Um, keeper leagues as well, if he's available. I know, I actually went and checked yesterday to see if he was owned, <laughs> and saw, I'm like, of course you fucking own him. <laughs> you know, you, you do You've been remember. high on him since before he was drafted. Yeah, I, I've always yeah, been but you wanted him. the Eagles to draft him, well, didn't you? I, I do remember you that draft that they year. Skipped him. Uh, we, we had, like, picks... To, we traded down or something like that yeah. so that we could get two later picks, uh, pick 28 and 30 or something like that. Yeah. And, I thought, and they right. bypassed him, and you were so filthy. Curtis I Taylor can see why. He's really good. Curtis Taylor 2.0. They, they, dropped, they missed out on him for Luke no- Foley and Xavier O'Neill who aren't playing and probably aren't going to play uh, I don't understand that And it, but he slipped all the way to like Eagles. 50 so a yeah. lot of other teams just uh, he's, like he's looking really good but yes um, yeah keepers jump on Sherry, really good as well. Sherry did did some solid work and that leads me to believe that they might go right we can afford to have a second uh, like backup Ruckman who can stand yep. up in the forward line. Yep. Well, as I think well. they dropped Mason Wood, didn't they? They did, and yes. Mason Wood was in shocking form. <laughs> yes. And so Zerha's not in good form either at the moment. Zerha's had one bad game. No, Zerha has had a few bad games, man. He's not been particularly great. Uh, I didn't watch him last week, but um, before that, he was good. He, he was solid, um, but I, he, was good. I, I was expecting him to take a fairly big leg up this year, to be honest. Um, I, I'm talking. Game impact, he's been good. Fantasy-wise, yeah, he hasn't Obvi- been. Yeah, obviously. But yeah. I was never expecting him to be good fantasy-wise this year. I think he's a year or two away mm. at best. He's a stash. Uh, we'll move on to the uh, the Hawks. Uh, Warple, Wingard, Mitchell, <clears throat> these are all guys that we expect to be very solid. Warple yep. in particular was great with the 99. He was... Really good. He was fantastic. Really good. I think... Th- is that what's hurting um, Titch, do you think? Uh, maybe a little bit, but to be honest, I think it's more just he's taking time to get back to what he was doing. Yeah. Um, and I think we said this pre-season. He's coming off a broken leg. It always takes yeah. time. And it's... So he... 
last week we mentioned the fact that he wasn't getting any tackles and mm. he he was you know getting a few marks. So he had five or six marks last week. Yep. This week he had very little marks, but he had like five or six tackles. He had eight tackles. Yeah, there you go. So he made up his points in tackles. So I think it's just taking a little while to gel that complete yeah. game back yeah. together. And that's part of the reason why I'm comfortable holding him yeah. in salary cap. Yeah, there's always a chance. Uh, James Sicily must be pissing his owners off because I think he was on like 40 points at three-quarter time and ended up on 71. Yep. Um, yeah, God, I would hate to own Jim Sicily. <laughs> yeah, it, it's a real roller coaster. <laughs> um, yeah, and I think that's that's really all the uh, the players I wanted to bring up from Hawthorne. There is one person I would like to talk about. Go ahead. Um, a man by the name of Segler, mm. who scored 70. And I refer to the notes from last week, where, quote... Christian said... Oh, shit. Oh, no. <laughs> Segler will suck against Goldie and put up sub-50. He, in oh, fact, no. put up a 70. Oh, no. Luckily, I didn't have a punishment in place for that. So. Yeah, you are lucky, aren't you? <laughs> You've got to remember that, man. You've got to remember, if I make a wild claim to say, you know, you have to chug whatever or you have to uh, run through... Maybe this. we put it out to the, uh, the listeners. No, see no, if no, they no wanna... you can't post... Like posthumously put a, hey, a I'm punishment just, on I'm me. just putting it out there as an idea. You can you can do whatever you want, but mate, I'll put this on you. Call me out on my irrational claims next time. Well, that one was very irrational. <laughs> Segler is having a good year. Yeah, all right. All, all right, right, we into questions. Yes, all right. So we've got a few questions this week, so we might have to go through this quickly. Um, but we're obviously we want to go into as much detail as we can with each of these. Um, and first up, one of our uh, one of our regular listeners, Matt Mottram, has a few for us. He says, um, uh, "Best replacement for how he already has Doherty and Houston, like most people. Uh, who is too expensive? Is it better to get young and upgrade a forward to Wingard, or replace with a genuine defender?" Um, all right. So that first part of the question there. Yeah. Replacements for how? Mm-hmm. So I think we've talked about a few already. We have. You like Lloyd. Um, I like Maynard. Uh, Crisp is another interesting one at about Crisp 699 If you want to go really out there, Casbolt's there. Uh, <laughs> Don't go Casbolt, Matt. <laughs> I'm speaking to Matt Mottram here as well, not to you. <laughs> Matt Mottram, do not go Casbolt. Um, so I think... I would probably... Uh, it, it, I mean, Hooley is expensive, but he is going to be top two at the end of the year. Mm. I don't know when he's going to drop yeah. in price. At the moment, he's increasing in price, and he's not... His break-even is 59. You would he's expect not him looking to like that. stopping yeah. at the moment. He's going 70 quite comfortably every week. All right. I, I'm looking at myself bringing in either Jake Lloyd or Jack Crisp this week for, for um, how, and you're looking at Maynard... Yeah, so I think I I mentioned that I'm tossing up, dropping maybe two defenders, yep. bringing Young in, and then having the cash to upgrade maybe to a Lloyd or a Hooley is an option that I'm yep. thinking about, but I am quite comfortable on Maynard as well. Yep. I think you probably, it's a good idea to upgrade one of the defenders back rather than upgrading to a forward, um, would be... Having, I, unless said you're doing, that, yeah. having said that, Wingard, I think, is smashing this year. And I don't mind the idea of finishing your forwards first and letting the defenders settle a little bit because yeah. there is Actually, a lot I'll of flux there. Mm. So I don't, I, I don't mind that strategy. And it's what I've been doing so far this year. Pretty much every week I'm bringing in a forward. I'll back you in on that. So uh, what Matt's asked is um, he could bring in uh, Young for Howe and then upgrade to Wingard in the forward line. Do don't, that. Don't mind that. Um, and oh, actually, depending who the upgrade is that yeah. you're going to... 
uh, from to Wingard. He's also asked us to rank our top six defenders, which is fucking hard, man. That's so a, I did have a look at this earlier. All right, I'll you you run so through I yours. Think the obvious ones: Doc and Hooley will yep. be top two. Yep. Lloyd, I think, will be up there as well. Yep. Um, and then I think the next three will be some combination of Maynard, Crisp, Haynes, Sicily, and maybe one of Darcy Byrne Jones or Hartlett. Most probably Hartlett. Okay. At the moment, those are the guys that I think could push into there. And I'm probably backing of them. I just got a good feeling about Maynard. I'm probably a bit biased. but No, no, no. You can, you can absolutely <clears throat> have a good feeling about Maynard. So I agree with you definitely on Sam Doherty, Hooley, um, Lloyd, and yep. also Crisp. Um, yep. I think they're top six defenders. It really is murky. Um, Do you agree with the guys I've thrown out as... Potentially as in the po- conversation as potential options. So, yes. Maynard, Haynes, Darcy Byrne Jones, Hartlett, and Sicily. Yeah, if I had to lock in a top six right now for what it's going to be at the end of the year, yeah. Um, so it would be those four that I just mentioned. Mm-hmm. Plus, I would throw in. Oh Jesus! Um, I'm going to back in Caleb Daniel. Yeah, as I'd... sixth as the last because uh, again, all they, we could we could <laughs> yeah. list six guys, but he's or um you know I... ten guys for these last two spots, but he's asked us to give him the, the top six. Yep. So yep. I'll back in Caleb Daniel. I love Daniel. I don't think he's top six this year. And I'll go Braden Maynard as my yeah, my sixth okay. as well. I purely only Maynard because how yeah going out will help yeah. him. Yeah, I think Sicily and Hartlett are really in that conversation as well. Okay. Um. So what's your sixth then? Um, so you've, you've gone So four. I've gone Doc, Hooley, Lloyd, Maynard, and I'm going to go Sicily and Hartlett. All right. Interesting. Love it. Um, all right. So we'll move on to... Based off of gut feel. <laughs> <laughs> move on to Jax, who asks, Haynes or Maynard, Gaff and Pitanay or Goldie and Sarong? Um, Sorry, right. I'm trying to find the question. <laughs> no, it's all good. All right. So first one for me was uh, Gaff, uh, Gaff and Pitna- Pitanay or Goldie and Sarong, and that's easy for me. It's Gaff and Pitanay. Um, Gaff and Pitney or Goldie and Saron. Gaff and Pitney all the way. Yep. Yep. Um, and for ha- between Haynes or Maynard, I would go Maynard. I got to go Maynard. Yeah, I'm going. I'm going um, Maynard. Mainly as well. because if Davis misses, that's the role. I'm concerned about Haynes' role. Mm-hmm. Absolutely agree. And how missing? I think does how do- how doesn't play that lockdown sort of defender role? That's more the rough head style, yeah. and and Darcy Moore as well. So I don't think how going out will affect Maynard or Crisp's ability to score yeah. on the back. And if edge. anything, they may get more rebound. Agreed. Um, okay, so I hope that helps, Jacks. Uh, move on to Tom DT, who asks, uh, who says Whitfield, Young, Rivers, or Brody Smith. Um, Gibbons, uh, Gibbons Butler. Butler, second option gets a rookie off the. F- oh, I get okay. It. So, so it's Whitfield, Young, Rivers, and Rivers, or Brody Smith, Gibbons, and Butler. Um, second option gets a rookie off the field, but is mid price madness. It really that, is. that is some mid price madness. Um, I'm going Whitfield, Young, and Rivers. I'm going Whitfield, Young, and Rivers. No as question. Well. I'm comfortable starting Rivers on the field for the yep. time being. Same with um, same with starting um, uh, Young on the field as yeah, well. Yeah, less comfortable, but at a stretch, happy enough to do it. Brody Smith scored reasonably well the last couple of weeks, but I don't think he's a he's a hold long term. Yeah, I've actually traded him out a couple of weeks ago. I wouldn't be looking to bring him back in. Um, Gibbons is playing well, and like you said, Butler is probably going to be part of that rotating door. At, yeah. 
and um, uh, and Whitfield Whitfield at the moment is um it has sort of bottomed out towards where he'll be as cheapest this week yeah. if not next week so it is a good time to pick him up agree um all right so uh, next one was from Paul Lewis who asks uh, thoughts on Brayshaw's role now Fife is more likely out for a couple of weeks um or should we just cut our losses with him now before he bleeds too much cash cut your losses yep. Yeah. Move him on. Don't want anything to do with Andrew Brayshaw. Yeah. I, I think even with Fife out, yeah, don't want anything. To I, do I with think him. there'll be a slight increase in midfield minutes from a number of different guys. But you saw on the weekend, Fife went out. Who got the midfield minutes? Darcy Tucker. Exactly, and Darcy Tucker's looked really good as yeah. well this year. Um, and Sarong was in there as well. You know, it, it, yeah. rough. Um, yeah. And I actually also agree with um, Dudder's response to Paul Lewis there as well. Um, to use your trades to patch underperforming players at the moment. Yeah, I like that. Um, uh, <clears throat> all right, so Paul Lewis also asks, uh, trade priority out of Greenwood, Rosie, Brayshaw, Budrick, Taylor, Yo, and Shuey. Um, all right, so Jesus. let's scratch some guys that I'm not looking to move on at the moment. Curtis Taylor. Keeping, <clears throat> keeping Taylor. Keeping Buderick, yep. yes, he played. He didn't score well on the weekend, but, but he's, he's a, a cash cow. Yeah, so he's going to make. He's still making his money at a negative break. Even you're keeping him. Um, Greenwood, I want to move on. Rosie, I want to move on. Brayshaw, I want to move on. Yo, I want to move on. Shuey, I want to move on. Yeah. Um, of those guys, Brayshaw and Greenwood would be the priority for me. Mm. I, I would probably say Brayshaw's number one. Greenwood <laughs> is number two. Uh, yep. Rosie, I probably would agree. Rosie is number three. Yes. Shuey's number four. Yo is number five. And yep. then the two cash cows yep. below them. Um, I agree. Which sounds odd, but they're cash cows. That's what they do. You need them to just make you money. Yep. And, and like we just said, use your three trades, fix underperforming players. Yeah. Um, okay, so... Uh, Anthony asks, Hooli or Maynard plus 150k? Cheers, boys. Yeah, there you go. So would you prefer Hooli or Maynard in the cash? Hooli or Maynard plus 150. Oh. I'm probably going Maynard <clears throat> plus 150. I love having I'm going, cash in the bank. Yeah, I'm going Maynard plus 150 as well, yeah. but just. Yeah. Um, Adam Knox says, uh, thoughts on bringing in Tucker as an M6 for a week or two with the end game being uh, forward five or forward six uh, with Fife out in that potato brace not really doing much. Uh, good question. So Darcy Tucker is doing particularly well at the moment. I don't think he's well enough to be in the conversation for a top-line forward. Agreed. He's so, not top six at the end of the year. And I think there are some other options for yeah. <clears throat> guys you can bring in that are low percentage owned in the midfield. For Agreed. The, and, and the issue, too, is you bring him in as M6 for a week or two. And then some other shit goes wrong, and you're stuck with him. He is cheap, though. 592, um, average of 73, and his break-even is 27. So that is pretty good. How much was he, sorry? 592. That's cheap. Um, for an extra 12k, you're getting Brandon Parfit. Yeah, there you go. I prefer Parfit. Um, yeah, I definitely prefer Parfit. Uh, but then again, Tucker will be sorely under-owned. Having said that, I, I mean... Yeah, he, he's an option. Mm. Um, all right, so uh, what are we talking? Uh, do you think Paul Holkey is an option this week? That comes from uh, Wyatt Bormer Gordon. Um, yes, absolutely. 
I think um, he is. Had it much easier. Oh, is, is he not rookie priced? I actually thought he was I would have price. thought he is, but no, he's he's about as expensive as a Sarong sort of um, uh, Hayden Young, three hundred and sixteen k. I'd prioritize Young <laughs> over yeah, Paholke. I agree. Although you could, is Paholke a forward? Paholke is a forward. Uh, it's a straight trade for Paholke or Townsend to Paholke. If you if you own I don't Ta- mind that. if you own Townsend still and he is not doing particularly great, yes, I'm very well aware of that. Yeah, that's a, that's a straight trade to someone who's going to make a little bit more cash. Hopefully, I don't mind that one actually. Mm. Um, all right, so hope that helped out Wyatt Bormer. Uh, next one is from Craig, who asks uh, best option between Gibbons, Ridley, and Dan Butler, leaning towards Gibbons due to his midfield role. I like Ridley. <clears throat> I like Butler. Yeah, I really like Butler. Mm. Um, the role is he's yes he's a small forward he's not playing exclusively in the forward line he's getting up the ground he's hitting packs hard he's kicking goals he's in great form they're going to keep getting the ball to him and they're just playing exciting footy at the moment yeah having no, said that Gibbons is playing a pretty good role at the moment so don't mind that either I yeah I, I'm still yeah this doesn't help you because we've gone opposite sides but I, I like Ridley <coughs> that. Rid, Ridley then Gibbons then Butler for me alright I'm probably going Butler Gibbons Ridley yeah and I'm a, I think uh, the reason I'm going that is because I think Craig is talking about salary cap rather than draft leagues um, if this if this was a draft league I would probably go Ridley Butler Gibbons but if you're talking salary cap it's Ridley Gibbons Butler for me. Mm, I'm not sure that my order changes. Alright. Um, so next one, Craig also asks, Neil or Gaff both seem to be must-haves, but who to grab first? Hard to, deci- hard to decide when we only know the next two teams they play against. That's <coughs> a good point. It's pretty hard to decide with no fixtures in place. It is, but I think we know enough. The Eagles will at some point have a hub at home, and they will play everyone they haven't played yet. Look, it's a, it's an easy one for me. It's Lockie Neal. Agreed. Lockie Neal might be 26k more expensive. He's $901,000. Yep. Um, Gaff is 875. Gaff's break even is, <coughs> Gaff's break even is 55. Mm-hmm. Neal's is 24. <clears throat> he is going up in price. He's yeah. not cheap. I, I think the Look. thing too with Neal is we saw he was tagged on the weekend yep. and he still put up this score. Granted it was against the Crows who were leaking points like a sieve at the moment, but he he's just the prime mover mm-hmm. in in the league at the moment. So Absolutely. I'm going for him. Um, okay, next one from Tyson Parcel asks, can you guys give me a forward <laughs> and a mid under 5% owned who you recommend? Uh, I've been in the top 3,000 for the last couple of weeks and realized my team is a little too similar to top teams to make up ground. First all right. of all, good job with the top 3,000. Yeah, and I right. fully agree, you need some points of difference yes. there. Um this is not an easy question to well, answer. Well, no, though. the midfielder, I think we already answered that. <coughs> um, we already answered that in Luke Parker, yep. I feel is a great addition, and Jack Steele as well. They're my top two options as well. Yep. I looked at this before we started up today, and they're the names I came up with as well. So Parker's gone 113, 94, 73, 83. He's got West Coast, Carlton, and Brisbane. Um, and Jack Steele has got 82, 102, 70, 98, and he's got Carlton, Geelong, and Port. Yeah. Um, of those two, if I have to pick one, I'm probably going Parker. I'm going Parker as well. But he Just. is 781 versus 4748. Uh, so there's, what is it, about 33k yeah. yeah, difference? Something like that. 33k difference. So if you can't afford Parker, I'd go Steele next up. Yeah. 
but I like both of those options. No, so do I. I think they're really good options. Um, and as a forward... <clears throat> I think um, we've also touched on this. Owned. So you've got Parfit, 4% owned. Yep. I'm sorry, actually, we should say Parker and Steele are both 1% owned. Yes. Um, but Parfit is 4% owned. Dan Butler is 4% owned. Parfit's not going to be 4% owned after this week, though, so you've got Agreed. to keep, your, uh, keep remembering Agreed. that, Tyson. Uh, Tucker is a what, like 1% owned. Ebert and Hoff are 3 and 2% owned. I like Ebert, probably, mm-hmm. on those. Um, if you're really looking for a, a forward who's low ownership but performing really well, Ebert is a really good option for me. <clears throat> I like Parfit, but I'm concerned about his job security. I agree that he's going to be more heavily owned, but if you can get that week or two advantage on everyone else, it actually works in your favour. So if you bring him in before everyone else, you've got those couple of weeks of scores to move you up the ranks. And then by the time everyone else brings them in, they're just matching your score. So they're not catching up to you. They're just staying level. I'll asterisk my answer, actually. I prefer uh, Ebert because I don't think Parfit will fit into your criteria, Tyson, of 5% ownership after this week. He's going... I, a lot of people bring him in this week. I think he's going to go above 10%. Um, so that really wouldn't help you out with trying to stay, you know, a little bit different. Yeah. Um, okay. So next question is from Dudders, who asks thoughts on Tim Kelly. Has a good run of games coming up. Probably gets tagged this week, but then Crows, Frio, and seven home games. Okay. So I quite like this. Yeah, I don't mind it. Tim Kelly has been way better this year than I thought he was going to be. He's gone eighty-one. 97, 61, and 88. Mm. So those are, um, in pre-COVID scores, three of those are 100 Up plus. Above 100, yeah. One of them is probably 120 plus, And the 61 is... Like a... High seven, 70s? High 70s, yeah. High 70s. Um, yeah, I, I quite like it. And as it currently stands... He's got Adelaide and Frio in round six and seven. How how heavily is he owned? What's his percentage? Um, because that's going to sway it for me because he's only 20k less expensive than Jack Steele and I'd prefer Jack Steele than Tim Kelly given the terrible form that West Coast are in. Tim Kelly, why um, are you not coming up? 6.8%. Yeah, so and Jack Steele is owned by less of the competition <coughs> as well. I prefer Jack Steele um, yeah. and... Probably I prefer Luke Parker as well if you can afford the little bit extra to get up. But as the third option of those three, he's probably another really good under-owned guy. I do like that one. Yeah, don't mind it at all. Um, oh, Jesus. Uh, I, I know which one you've oh, come to. Oh, for God's sake. I can't believe these guys are back. <laughs> um, and by the way, just, just putting this out there, we know exactly who's posting this. Uh, but Dating Advice AFL has tweeted in, uh, welcome back, guys. <laughs> no, don't welcome them back. I was wondering where they'd gone. I wasn't. A no. mainstay in our first uh, year. I was glad they've that disappeared gone. since then. For everyone who's <laughs> new, um, asking my girlfriend has a bit of Canelio about her. She was smoking a year ago, but now she isn't appealing and playing weird roles. Is this salvageable? So, first of all, this is not your strongest analogy, guys. Um, <laughs> it's a terrible metaphor. It's it's, it's really bad. Really, um, really bad. Uh, again, I've, I'm going back to exactly what I said in the first year. I'm not giving relationship advice on an AFL fantasy podcast. But if this is about Cornelio, <laughs> um, look, I think it is salvageable, yes, but the role needs to change. Um, and not bring again, not bringing that back to the relationship. Yeah, all right. I think I'm probably gagged from answering these questions. So. <laughs> you are gagged. You're not allowed to answer them. Um, all right. Uh, from a mate of the podcast, Brody, sends in asking... 
He's looking for a keeper price check in terms of picks for the following uh, in 20 keeper leagues. Alex Witherden, Wayne Miller, Mark Pitney, and Shannon Hearn. Uh, so it's a 20 keeper league, yeah. one ruck, one utility. Um, look, <clears throat> super tough to answer this one. And we'll add to this because we know this league is 10 people in the league as well. Yeah, well, he's asking about our keeper league. Yeah, um, yeah. So clearly so trying you, to get so, advice for the league that he's yeah. playing us in. So, so 200 players get kept at the end of the yeah. year. Uh, look, I think that... <clears throat> this is really tough because it's always so subjective. Yeah. I'm going to go, though. Look, I, I think Witherden is right down in terms yeah, of picks. I think he's a buy low. Yeah, he's absolutely a buy. I'm not going to give you an exact pick here, or even a um, a round, because it's too subjective to, you know, what they yeah. might do in a couple of weeks as well. Yeah. Um, I think that I would offer probably a maybe a third rounder, but it probably wouldn't get accepted because the owner is probably valuing him higher yeah, than that. I, I would probably offer about a third rounder as well. Um, Wayne Miller, I would probably try and get away with a, a late second rounder if you knew you were finishing late in the second round. See, I'd probably go early second for Miller if I'm rebuilding and not contending. Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, Pitney, late second again? Um, I'm just... Oh, it's one ruck. It's if two. it was two rucks, I would offer a bit for well, I think him. He's, but... I think Cruiser's not getting a game when he's back. Uh, uh, Cruiser, yeah, I agree. I think So Pitney's the number one ruck there, and yep. he's proven that when he's playing his number one ruck, he's scoring well. Yeah, I agree. So uh, I I'm, reckon he's worth a, what did you say? a, a late, late second. second. I'm going just second straight up. Nice. I'll pay a second for him. Um, Pit and, yeah, I think that's about right. Yep. And second. Shannon Hearn, third round. Old... Probably not going to play much in any fantasy capacity past this year, and he's not performing well at the moment either from a fantasy point of view. I'm not even going after him, to be honest. No, but if, if someone was, third, I reckon. Well, you look at it this way. If you're going after Hearn, it's because you're contending now. Yeah. The way that the Eagles are playing at the moment, I don't want Hearn anyway. True. Even if I'm... Like, I don't feel like he's going to be helping me now, so I'd be going after him with the assumption that he's going to turn it around at some point. For that assumption, I'll offer a fourth or a fifth. Yeah, agreed. Um, all right, we'll move on to his next question, which is, uh, again, from Brody. Meta strategy question. If ranked highly and going for the car, do you have to alter your strategy? He's 325 overall. Solid humble brag. Um, <laughs> that was definitely put as a humble brag. <laughs> do you favor points over cash, i.e. upgrading rather than grabbing good rookies like Young or Sarong, unique or best available? Uh Yes, with an asterisk. I've had one... No, I've had two years, I think, realistically, where I've been, you know, close to the 200s mark. Um, I know you've had a year where you've got a hat. What, what number were you in the end? Uh, 29. 29? Shit, you, were, you did bloody well that oh, year. I tell you what, though, that year came out of the blue and I've never come close to it <laughs> since. So, Brody's actually a lot better at salary cap than we are. So, um, we'll take your advice, Brody. Yeah, so, <clears throat> I think that... Uh, what you have to do is you have to have a balance, um, realistically. You're you're right up there, so yeah. you do need to have a couple of uniques uh, yeah. mixed in, but you also need to make sure that you don't go completely unique because while, yes, that might thrust you right up there one particular week, all it takes is one bad week and everybody else has overtaken you. So Yes, I agree. So a couple of uniques, not 100% uniques, and I favor points over cash at the point you're at with the asterisk being, 
you need to you make can't money. just yeah. stop. Like you, you can if you go after points now at the complete exclusion of cash, you will charge up the rankings to a certain point, and then you'll just stop, big, and everyone else will catch up to you. So I think it does need to be a balance. Um, but I would be weighing that balance slightly more in favour of points at the moment. But you've got to make sure that it's sustainable what you're doing. For me, Brody, unless you've got a uh, a really good war chest sitting behind you, this is the one week where you can go, right, I'm going to bring in both Young and Sarong or Young and another rookie this week. Upgrade one position because this is the last yeah. three trade week. And then you can go into more of the... Traditional upgrade downgrades from next week onwards. So yeah. this is probably the good week where you can bring in those last couple of rookies yep, to make you some cash. Um, okay, so the next one was from Goonbag Fantasies who asks. Uh, no, 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 it wasn't from Goonbag Fantasies. He was commenting on something else. He does uh, have a question for us. Though. Uh, so he says, "Got a few questions following my heartbreaking loss in the extended bench cup. I think he lost by less than a kick. Unfortunately, that sucks. Um, that sucks. Do we hold Cogs considering his chance for DPP? And do you think Young can keep scoring like he did this week? Certainly, looking at going Brody Smith, uh, Houston to Young, and Bewley to Wit." So that's what he's looking at currently. Yeah. Um, first up, do we hold Cogs considering his chance for P- DPP? No, if that's what you're hoping for. Yes, I agree with that. Sorry, hey. uh, sorry, I'll rephrase that. I agree. I don't think he's getting DPP based on that yes. one game. If the role continues, yes, but I don't want him in that case because I don't think he's scoring well enough. Um, if you think he can turn it around, that's a good reason to hold. Yes, If agreed. you think you should hold because he's going to get DPP even though he's still going to perform averagely... Don't hold because of that. Ditch him. Yep, agreed. Um, and for number two, no, Young can't keep scoring like he did that week. Seventy-seven is basically a hundred, which is hard for a rookie to get. Yep. Um, but he, I he, think he can score very solidly. Maybe yep. some more, you know, mid to high fifties. I think he's maybe probably going sixties, fifties, fifty-five. I yep. think, um, which will get you cash. Yeah. So I'm happy with that. I'm happy playing him on the field if I have to. Probably not for too long though. Yep. Um, and uh, currently looking at going Brody Smith slash Houston to Young and then Bewley to Whitfield. I love it. I prefer ooh, those two. Houston because Brody Smith did look like he was playing a better role this week. Yep, yeah, you uh, move Houston on first. Yep, yeah, I like that. Um, all right, uh, Nick, another mate of the podcast here. So many questions. I know, we've got a lot, mate. Um, Who knew us- so many people listened to us? <laughs> He's asking us to rank these players. Who will be the best player in three years' time? Obviously asking for a keeper league. Um, Rosie, Bailey Smith, and Sam Walsh. Um, oh, jeez. Three years' time. Oh, no, I've got an easy one. Really? Uh, so if, if you were asking me to rank it from a keeper league fantasy point of view, Sam Walsh first, Bailey Smith second, Rosie third. Um, Bailey Smith's going to yeah, be a midfielder agree. next year, so he'll be exactly the same position as Sam Walsh. And I think Sam Walsh will be just an edge ahead of him in fantasy. Yep, agreed. Um, what I was just thinking about was whether Rosie will retain, retain forward status, forward or DPP. I don't but think I think he will. moving forward, he'll probably be a full time mid. Yeah. In three years' time, he'll be full time mid. Agreed. Um, if you were talking just from an AFL competition point of view, I think that the best player will be Bailey Smith, followed by Rosie, followed by Walsh. Yeah, it's interesting because I think it depends how you rank they're going to be very good players all three of them yeah how you rank impact like like AFL standard like so mm-hmm. if you're going impact on the game i might actually go rosie ahead of bailey smith just because of that pure excitement and x factor that he mm-hmm. brings yep. but i agree i probably have walsh third out of those three in terms of game impact because he's as good as he is he's an accumulator 
but is he X Factor? True. I yeah. don't know. Agreed. Um, all right, so we've also got a question from Tim Guest, who's asking, Core versus Young for a How downgrade, and is Parfit worth it? Uh, it's Young for me. Core as in like... Core as in Aiden Core from GWS. Oh, hell no. Yeah, so uh, look, I, Core young. does have a negative break even, but it's Young all the way, no question for me. Yeah, Core will play Lockdown. Especially with Davis possibly yeah, being exactly. out this week. I never want lockdown defenders. Yeah. Uh, and also, is Parfit worth it? Yes. Yeah, definitely worth it. He's super cheap. He's scoring very well. Hopefully, he holds his spot. We don't know what Brad Scott will do. But yeah, I think, honestly, he's going to be a fantastic addition. Brandon Parfit. So hopefully that helps you out there, Tim. And that, Matt, brings us to the end of the questions for the week. Marathon podcast. Those questions just kept on coming. So, <laughs> but yeah. we love them. Make sure yeah, that keep you... keep doing it, please. If you do have any any time, just send them into at ExtendedBenchAU on Twitter. We're always happy to help. And speaking of Twitter, our favourite game, Risk It For The Biscuit, we're mm. going to be posting our picks pre-waiver pickups for most leagues. Um, we're going to be posting those on Twitter from now on so that you can all log in, see exactly who we think will perform well for you uh, that particular week. And then in the following week's podcast, we're going to review and see how we went because yes, we've got a lot of content to get through in these podcasts these days. Yep, absolutely. So we look forward to posting those over the next few hours and make sure to check us out, like I said, at Extended Bench AU on Twitter. And until next week, thank you so much for joining us and hope your fantasy players smash it out of the park this week. Thank you.